guys are doing good. Alright, let me just throw this up, throw this up here real quick. While y'all howling on in the room. Glad you guys are tuning in, man. It's gonna be a wonderful broadcast tonight. Come on, man. Throw this on here. And then let me throw it on Facebook. And y'all need to be following me on everything. Follow me on Facebook at Tariq Nasheed. Follow me on Twitter at Tariq Nasheed. Follow me on Instagram at Tariq Elite. If you are not following me. All right. All right. All right. Throw this on our Facebook and there we go. We good. All right. So what's up, man? We here. We here, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We're here. I'm with you right now. Um, everybody retweet this. Let everybody know that we're live right now, ladies and gentlemen. All right. And I hope everybody, I hope you guys got the tickets for the FBA Expo happening this May, May 27th in Dallas, Texas. Where are my Dallas people? Dallas, stand up. Where are my brothers and sisters in Dallas? Stand up, brothers and sisters in Dallas. Huh? We're going to have to get these lights up. Everybody get these lights up. Let's get about 5,000 of them lights in here. Everybody hit that thumbs up button. Let everybody know that we're live. Shout out to Indianapolis. Um, yeah, in, in um, Dallas, I think all the ticket prices are the same. Um, is there a discount for kids? I don't, I'm not sure. And speaking of kids, I'm glad you brought kids up because you know um, we're having the event out here in um, Los Angeles. We're having a very exclusive VIP party slash mixer slash grand opening at the museum slash movie screening slash dinner slash turn up. We're having that out here in Los Angeles at the Hidden History Museum, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to be February 25th, Saturday, February 25th out here in Los Angeles, all right? Very exclusive. The ticket sales for that will go on sale at the Hidden History Museum website. That's going to go on sale possibly next week, all right? That's going to be a very special event. Now, with that, for that date, for that particular date, because I want people to know that the museum is very kid-friendly, all right? But on that particular day, um, like 18 over, 21 and over, you have to be an adult. Actually, I think it's going to be 21 and over because we're going to be, we're going to have alcohol. Okay, that's going to be a grand opening, but it's going to be a party, so there's going to be some drinking and turning up. So, um, for that particular day, ladies and gentlemen, um, no, the kids can't come on that day. Not that we're showing anything vulgar. We're going to have alcohol. Okay. So I don't want y'all turning up with a nine-year-old sitting in there trying to learn about Harry Tubman and somebody got a bottle. Yes, there's going to be alcohol there because, like I said, this is going to be um, a, a turn-up. It's going to be a party. It's going to be a grand opening screening. It's going to be a big event that day. It's going to be a great event that day. So we're going to open this thing up grand, okay? We're going to open it up. It's going to be a grand opening. When I say grand, grand with a capital G. 
We're gonna we're gonna feed you. We're gonna have good food. And by the way, we're like, who's coming? If you raise your hand as you're coming, all my people, if you're coming to me, and you make it's going to be limited seating, so only a limited amount of people are going to be able to come to that. That's that's why I'm saying it's going to be very exclusive. So you're going to be treated nice. You're going to be in there turning up. It's going to be a very intimate setting. We're going to be in there chilling, having a good time. Um, we're going to start at four, probably end at um, probably around eleven or twelve at night, probably later. You know, since we own the building, we ain't got to get out at no particular time. So you know, we're going to turn up until we can't turn up no more. It's going to be it's going to be popping. Okay, we, we we got one of these. Got a plebiscite like that, but we already party enough, brother. Oh, don't don't be that dude. Don't be that dude. It's going to be an educational thing. You're gonna get your education on. You're gonna get your networking on. You're gonna get your food on. And then when all of that is done, at the end of the night, you get your party on. You can enjoy yourself. It's okay after you've been handled some business to to buy. And drink a little bit and, and have a good time. There's nothing wrong with that. Then it's gonna be a whole vibe. All right? Don't be a plebiscite that. Don't be that. Bad. Stop it. No, we need to party enough with people who are on the same page and who's on code. We don't party enough with people who are on code. We party with people who ain't on code, and that's why parties turn deadly. Yeah, that's why the party ends up turning into something else. Because people ain't even on code, and they ain't even partying. People are in their front flossing. Yeah. So raise your hand if you guys are coming to the LA turnup. Oh, it's gonna be popping. You're going to be the first people to see the film American Maroon. You're going to be the very first. You're going to be the first to see the film. You're going to be the first to come to the museum. And we're going to have a great time. You understand? Oh, we're going to have protection in there. Oh, you better believe it. I'm telling you, that's going to be the safest place in, in town. There's no dress code. No, 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 no. No dress code. Just bathe and put on the over and brush your teeth. That's all we ask. But no dress code. There is no dress code. Just three things. Bathe, put on deodorant, and brush your teeth and come on through. Whatever you wear is all right. As long as you brush your teeth, bathe, and put on deodorant. It's going to be a great event, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah? It's going to be a great event. Very educational. Shout out to Brother Raheem. Um, you'll be able to stream the movie, I think, um, a few days after that, a few days after the grand opening, um, at the end of February, you'll be able to screen the movie. At the end of February, you'll be able to screen the movie. And also in March, I want to have another event there at the museum for the people who contributed to the museum. I want to have a special event specifically for the people who contributed to the museum. All the people who contributed to the um, formation of the museum, we're going to have a special event for you guys in March. So you stay tuned for that. Um, but it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. That was Brother Lamar. Um, 
What's up, now? Family time is music. Are you admiring my beautiful hairline? Look at my hairline. Let's let's soak that in for you. First of all, let's bask in my um, foundational Black American hairline. You know what? Yeah, somebody asked me a very good question. Are we going to sell yeah, hard copies of the film? <laughs> I think we might have hard copies of the film there. Just to make it special for the family. We, we might, and we're going to have also, we're going to have these hidden history museum t shirts there, these lovely t shirts. Um, is the security going to be there? Of course, security is going to be there. We're going to have, we got thorough security. We got thorough security. It's going to be phenomenal. All right. This event is going to be in Los Angeles, February 25th, Saturday, February 25th. Get your calendars marked off. Now, events like this, special events like this, exclusive events like this are usually very expensive. It's like seven, eight, nine hundred. Sometimes a thousand dollars to get in, ladies and gentlemen. For special events like this, exclusive events like this, but that's going to be much. We're going to give everybody a better deal. These type of events usually cost a grip to get in. They cost a grip to get in. Plus, when somebody's feeding you, when you're getting fed, that's usually a grip. But no, 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 no. Very reasonable rate for the family. Um, by the way, let me ask the family this. Because we're going to have complimentary food there. I want to make it real good. What do y'all want to eat? Let me ask y'all that. Let me just try to check in with you guys. What do you guys, all the people who's coming, what type of food would you like to eat? Because there's so many different black restaurants and caterers out here in LA that I'm going to be working with. I'm going to be working with a lot of them. And I already deal with a lot of them because I patronize the businesses almost every day. What did... um. What, what, what do y'all got a taste for? What do y'all want to say? I said vegan soul food? Vegan soul food? I don't know about that. I don't know. So I said no Joe Hell food? no. Those two go together. <laughs> that ain't going to make it. Vegan option. I said peanut brittle. You can go to hell. Veggie <laughs> <laughs> burgers. No low vibrational plates. Catfish, that could be. I'm seeing a lot of vegans. I see a lot of vegan folks here. Oh, you know what? It's all right. I'm glad y'all saying that. That's why I have to check in and tap in. A lot of people um, don't like catfish. Huh, no. Vegan option. Let's, we can have a like vegan option. Like, no, I was all right. Let's have vegan options. Um, so I know well, Grill Fresh does like vegan option stuff. <laughs> I, I usually, I've done stuff with them. I've had them cater my one of my movies before. You know what catering company? Okay, look, pick me up. Harold and Bells, they're right down the street. Harold and Bells yeah. is like, we can walk in Harold and Bells. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I was thinking about getting them to cater. That's a possibility. I might get Harold and Bell. Do they do do Harold and Bell have um vegan options? Their food is very good, by the way. Do they have vegan options? Because yeah. I might just get Harold and Bells to um, come and cater. I might just get them to cater. Nothing fried. No, we gotta have some fried. Maybe some fried chicken or something. Uh, 
some butter biscuits for the family. Uh, don't post some, look, all my LA people, post some names at me. And if you're a, a caterer or somebody and you, you have a catering truck, a catering business or a restaurant, Woody's Barbecue, um, yeah, but Woody's gonna have a vegan option. So y'all hit me up, hit me up. If y'all in LA, let me know what's the best place that has um, that has a vegan option. Because I see a lot of people requesting vegan, and okay, I respect that. So whatever we have, we're going to have a vegan option for it. But y'all gotta let me know who does the vegan option. They only know a couple off the, the top of my head. It has to be a mix with regular meat. You know, people want the turkey, turkey legs, and chicken wings, and no pork. Definitely, I won't have no pork. Ooh, Don't get Roscoe. No. You heard that too. Yeah. I'm hoping it's on his end. No, no, we won't get no for it. I'm on his tape or his thing. Okay, y'all throw some names at me. Email me. How about this? Email me. Info at TomRickyLeach.com. Some of the the caterers out here in LA. Email me. Email me some names, some ideas. If you're a caterer, um, how that? All right, Compton Vegan. All right. But anyway, let's get to some games. Excuse me. Let's get into some games again. We got a lot of folks in here. Uh, what I'm going to need y'all to do, family, I need you to retweet this. It's five, almost five o'clock. Retweet this on your timeline. Let everybody know that we're live. Five. Retweet this on your timeline, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? Not bad. <laughs> so you said what? Yeah. Uh, oh, man, so much stuff going on. So what we're talking about today, family? I'm hearing it. On today's broadcast, we're going to talk about sabotaging success. How our success is based on black Americans and usually sabotage. All right? We're talking about that. And our our success is sabotaged under the guise of so many different things. And, And we have to oftentimes stop buying into the things that they use to sabotage our success. We have to stop buying into it. We have to stop letting these people play these little emotional games with us. You understand what I'm saying? Now, right now in Atlanta, let me give y'all some examples of what I'm talking about. Now, right now in Atlanta, we got a young thug Rico trial, the state Rico trial in there, trying to say young thug and YSL are criminal enterprise you know, and all of trying to do a drug transaction in the middle and of the court. And I say that is horseplay. Yeah, play. I heard that. I'm not a... Somebody tried to get me I'm not putting the case yeah. down for young thug or whatever, yeah. but what I will not sit by and let people create false narratives under a false... He did, because he had weed pieces. and other Percocets in his pocket. I mean, this whole thing about, dumb, and I've heard some people sit here defending them going after the young thug, and I think the trial is bogus. I think this is just yeah. targeting. I think um, I saw that. Because finding Willis, finding the money, which I, I've been wondering people about. I think this is just them creating a smoke screen and a deflection from white supremacy because they brought her in in order to get the heat off the white racist cops who were beating folks up and killing them down in Atlanta. And again, in Atlanta, they just had a riot what, last night. It was a riot out there last night because of, uh, they're trying to get um, a new police headquarters down there. People were opposing the headquarters, and I think they 
cops armed somebody, so they were turning up down in Atlanta. Um, very interesting dynamic. But listen, this whole thing about them going after Young Thug and YSL, this isn't about cleaning up crime. This, this is not. It's not about cleaning up no damn crime. It's not about stopping the criminal gang. It's not. It's really not. Um, remember, Fani Damani, she's sent out there by her white handlers um, to go after people like Young Thug. They're going after prominent Black people who got paper. And from what I understand, Young Thug was buying a lot of property out there. Young Thug was running businesses out there, legit stuff out there. They were running a police training center. Okay, there we go. So when you have people, Young Thug, I mean, whatever his lyrics are, that's whatever. But Young Thug was a businessman. Let's be clear. A lot of these rappers, they're out here buying land. A lot of these rappers are buying businesses. My good brother Killer Mike has um, several businesses out there, from what I understand. I go to his barbershop all the time when I'm out there in Atlanta. So you got brothers out here, a brother T.I., buying property and real estate. These brothers are actually buying stuff with the, the money that they're making, buying legitimate businesses. So Young Thug bought 100 acres of land. You see, I want y'all to get this now. Let's not fall for the banana in the tailpipe. See, when we start, look at Rick Ross. Rick Ross has a beautiful estate out there um, at Holyfield's old estate. Yeah. Offset got a lot of properties out there, too. Our brothers, no, we got to give our brothers props what props they do. We got a lot of our brothers who are rappers who are in the game, the music game, who are doing the right thing with their money. All right? You got brothers and sisters right. out here getting their money and doing the right thing with their yeah, money. You lose all your money, you got to give all that shit yeah. And, and Young Thug, from what I understand, this brother had a lot of land out there. Boosie, somebody said Boosie too. Well, yeah, Boosie and the, I'm, I am making sense. I'm making sense. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm telling you, every time when we start doing stuff like getting land, getting property that's significant, Young Thug is in a game. He's alone, but stop. All right, let's stop that. Let's stop that. All right? Young Thug being in jail now is not decreasing crime in that way. All right? Young Thug is not being in jail ain't decreasing the crime in Atlanta. They're not going after Young Thug because he's a damn blood. Stop that. Stop it. All right? You start getting property, you start making moves, the sabotage always comes. Mm -hmm. And they did something in court that That's was real slick. Did y'all see that little stunt that the prosecution clearly orchestrated? They had Young Thug's co-defendant walk up to him in open court and drop a purpose head in his hand. Did y'all see that? Now, that was clearly something that was orchestrated. Probably by Fonnie Willis and the prosecution probably orchestrated by them. This was so damn obvious and Young Thug didn't know what was happening. They gave they gave the impression that he was making a drug deal in court. And he clearly didn't know what was happening. Like, 
prosecutors accused Young Thug and his co-defendant, Khalif Adams, of conducting a hand-to-hand drug deal in court. Now, for a minute, I'm like, well, who would do something that stupid? I said, wait a minute. When I looked at it, now look, this is them making the hand-to-hand drug deal in court. Hold on. All right, look. So Young Thug is sitting there. All right. So wait, 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 look, look at this, wait, 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 I want y'all to look at this, look, 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 look at this, hold on, now the dude is sitting there, look like he gets instructed to get up, hold on, he looks over, and so, okay, I want y'all to look over to the right, somebody signaled the dude in the back to walk up, one of those cops signaled him to walk up there, look at the right, look at the right of the screen, So they signaled him to go on up there. Yeah, and the other, and the black cop, too, both of them signaled him to go go up there. So they're signaling him to walk up there. I didn't catch this at first. And then he gives Young Thug something. And they're like, oh my God, ooh, what is this? Oh, this a drug deal? So Young Thug gives, um, he gave that to, you know, they gave him a purpose and they tried to make it seem like he was conducting a drug deal in court. So that was clearly set up. That was um, some of that in orchestra to try to make it seem like, oh, look how bold he is conducting a, a drug deal in open court. Yeah. So that was an entrapment move. That was a setup. It was very sloppy and it looks very desperate. It looks real desperate. That looks extremely desperate. Yeah. That they're sitting there signaling this dude to go up there to hand him a damn purpose set. Huh? So yeah, I, I, I'm not putting on the cape for no damn Fonnie Willis and the prosecution and then doing little dirty stunts like this. This ain't about justice. This ain't about justice whatsoever. This is entrapment, dude. <clears throat> this is something else. And <clears throat> it seems like their case might be a little weak if they have to go through desperate measures like this to try to entrap this man and make a desperate move. You see, the point is this, family. Whenever we start making moves, and when you make power moves, when you make big money moves, there are going to be haters, and sometimes haters have to get dealt with. Because sometimes when you say to the police, hey man, I need protection, the police, they're not going to protect you. So if you have the paper to neutralize a hater, a lot of people will utilize their paper to neutralize haters who are trying to get out. You understand? But I want y'all to understand the lengths that they go to sabotage us as Foundation of Black Americans. There's always some mechanisms in place to try to sabotage whatever success that we have. Now, out there in um, Houston, every week there's something going on with the turkey leg cut. That's a very successful business, extremely successful business out there. They have a line around the corner every day 
So they always got some kind of weird law, bogus lawsuit that they're trying to throw at this brother and sister, man. The, the husband and wife team. I've never seen a, a, one business just be targeted the way they're targeted. The fact that these brothers and sisters out here doing so well, Houston Turkey Leg Hut sued for nearly $1.3 million by a national food distributor. U.S. Foods alleged in a federal lawsuit that Turkey Leg Hut, a popular restaurant in Houston, left a hefty unpaid balance on produce and other food it provided last year. So come on, man. And the owners are like, this is bonus. This is just like a retribution type of suit, which I believe. All right, so they're going to tell one side of the story. But I'm just, this is the point, man. They just always target us. Anytime we do something successful, there's just a barrage of targeting. Always. There was um, some black ranchers out in um, Colorado. Some black folks got some land out there in Colorado. So now, let me show y'all this article. This came out this week. So now the black people trying to get things popping on some land out there in Colorado, they're being terrorized, right? Get out. Black Colorado ranchers face domestic terrorism by local whites who they say are trying to steal their land. So the white people out there trying to steal their damn land now. And then they're out there killing their cattle, just sabotaging them left and right, destroying their fences on the low, um, one woman, one of the sisters, she was followed by a white woman who down there ran her off the road. So black folks, man, we get, look, their poor cattle is being killed out here. These white supremacists out here killing their cattle. You know? So when we start making moves, ladies and gentlemen, when we start getting land for real and some real tangibles, all of a sudden the sabotage and the murders and the Bogus indictments start popping up. This is why we have to be on code with each other. And whenever they bring us a narrative about a black person saying we're going to prosecute and punish this black person because of ABC, now we got to question that. We have to question that and not jump on the bandwagon and let them use us as their puppets to bash other black people who they're trying to persecute. We got a very bad habit of doing that. That's why I wasn't jumping on the, the R. Kelly bashing R. Kelly bandwagon because the thing with R. Kelly ain't about no damn justice. Truth be told, and look, with R. Kelly, he will probably get out on the pill because it's double jeopardy what they're doing, and they just basically hit him with the I'm like, now say so. You're not to justify anything with messing with kids, but if you're going to go by the law, stick with the law. Don't have the law or you revamp the law for one group and you abide the law for another group a certain way. The law should be equal. When black people stand up, all of a sudden you're hitting them with the Man Act, which is a racist act within itself. That's what they hit R. Kelly with, the White Slave Trafficking Act. That's some nonsense that they came up with to persecute black men during Jim Crow, particularly Jack Johnson. I can't co-sign that. And all you Negroes are like, well, R. Kelly, that when he get thick with him. Dude, you're not doing yourself or anybody a service by co-signing bogus statutes that they put in. You think? 
You're not doing anybody a service by doing that. We gotta stop jumping on these bandwagons that these white supremacists set up, man. We gotta stop jumping on these bandwagons, man. Be on code. Yeah? Be on code, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of code, out there in New York, you know what the NYPD is doing now? They're going to rap concerts, doing facial recognition videoing of people. So they were at a they went to the Apollo in Harlem. I want to show y'all this draconian stuff, this draconian nonsense that they're doing. This was at a Drake concert. You have the cops out here filming everybody coming out the Apollo, trying to do facial recognition so they can catch somebody and arrest them. See, this is the new stop and frisk right here. They go to an event in Harlem or somewhere at the Apollo, somewhere where there's a black event, and then just stand out there with a camera and have their facial recognition technology on everybody. And if they get a hit, they'll gaffle them up. Look at this. So yeah, they're just out there filming everybody who's leaving the venue. Of course they're doing it to black folks. They're gonna walk to Harlem and film everybody, the police filming everybody who's leaving the building. Yeah, Dipset was up there. So the, the hip-hop police never went anywhere. Now we know the hip-hop police has been around for decades. The hip-hop police has been around for decades. My good brother Nas, who was in um I have my brother now in Hidden Colors 3. He told me, we have to watch the narratives that's being pushed about us. And it's very important that we don't jump on the bandwagon. Like with the TJ Holmes thing. Remember the TJ Holmes thing? And I talked about that a few weeks ago with TJ Holmes. The, he was on Good Morning America. They thought he was a good, soft, moist Negro. But he was up there banging them women left and right. Like a player should. And that's what the white men do. But they don't expect the white men to and you want to these corporate entities. It's the white man who is supposed to have um, um, first dibs on all the tang up in there. See, they like the black man to be walking around switching and dancing. And the white man got to pick up a limit. But you have to, this black man up here who's an employee smashing on these married white women. He had a, a black intern. We already know about the white woman who was smacking that ass. And now, now there was a black intern that he had got down with. And now look at how they're framing him. Look at T.J. Holmes. He was a predator. Oh, look at the words. Was the black man? Oh, you're a predator. You're having consensual sex, but you're a predator somehow. Oh, he's a predator. We thought he was voice. He was a predator who took advantage of his position. He was an employee. What was his position? He had an affair with a 24-year-old. Ooh, not 24. He practically a baby. Come on. Who was he was 13 years? She was 13 years his junior. Stop. She was 24 years old. It was a grown ass woman. Oh, the reach on this one. Look at the reach on this one. It's never he, he's a, he was employed. Got down and had a little sneaky link with, with his grown colleague. 
which happens every day on jobs. That's perfectly legal. There was nothing illegal that man did. You had a little sneaky link with your, your work colleague, your adult colleague. There was nothing illegal about that. Oh, he's a predator, though. Oh, she was 13 years his junior. So she's grown. This is a 24-year-old woman. Boy, look at how they got to work it when it's us. Well, they got to throw the propaganda in there. Boy, they had sex in his office. Oh, boy. That's all right there. She was a cute little thing. TJ Holmes had an affair with ABC script coordinator Jasmine Penaway. Okay. She was 24 at the time, and he was 13 years her senior. That's not that old. Damn. Y'all act like she fucked Morgan Freeman. That's not that old. 13 years. Like, that's just a big deal. Stop it. <laughs> boy, they, the reach on this one, boy, when it comes to us, boy, they got to reach like crazy. The reach, man. Oh, they, they didn't know. They, they thought, okay, let's get us a, a light-skinned Negro. He, he's not going to be much harm. No, she's cute. No, that chick is cute. I can see. I can see why he had to take an office and hit it from the bike. I get it. I get that. He said, yeah, I'm a light-skinned nigga, but I ain't that light-skinned. <laughs> they, uh, they thought he was a light-skinned nigga all the way around. No, no, no. He, he flipped it up on him. Oh, Lord, he flipped it up on But, yeah, she's grown. Boy, yeah, any, look, anytime the black man, if you're a heterosexual black man, it's always you're a predator. Oh, it's always you're some kind of predator. T.J. Holmes was not play-pimping in there. What did he was in there getting it? Oh, they thought he was dainty. They thought he was moist. They thought, oh, yes, T.J. Holmes, he's great. He's not like those big old black guys that you see on ESPN. Oh, T.J. is a great guy. Oh, yes, I'm great. T.J. was in there getting busy with him. Man. <laughs> but, again, they always got to spin the narrative and flip the narrative on us. It's up to us to not co-sign that nonsense. We can't be co-signing the nonsense. Yeah? And we have to let folks know, hey, man, look. All of these anti-black attacks, these racialized attacks, we're going to have to get compensated for We're going to have to get compensated for the anti-black attacks. We're going to have to get some paper. Because we are, we're not going to be subjected to all of this anti-black racism and when we try to build ourselves up, we get knocked back down. Whenever we try to get stuff popping, y'all flip on us. Now that we're talking about reparations, you know, a lot of these people are crying foul because they see we're not moving off of our reparations conversation. I need y'all to retweet this. Let everybody know we're live. We got 5,000 in here. Let's get about six, 7,000 people in here. So they had Geraldo. Geraldo on his show, and they had a couple of buck dancing Negroes on there talking about the reparations proposal in San Francisco, talk, talking about giving $5 million to black people in, in San Francisco. 
So listen to them whine about us getting reparations. Now, this is Fox News, so we know how they get down. Listen to Geraldo's ass. Hold on. Okay, so other cities considering this Oakland, St. Louis, Providence, Rhode Island, St. Paul, Minnesota, Amherst, Massachusetts, you see on the map. Geraldo, you see this thing becoming reality? Payouts? I, I hope not, Bill. I've been, uh, excuse me, I've been campaigning against it for many years. It is a terrible idea. Uh, the last thing people who are uh, impoverished need is more reasons not to work. is because so many of us are being denied job opportunities. That's why we need the money. So this stupid, fake motherfucker. I never liked this motherfucker. $5 million of the they come up with that? My family, for example, my mom, uh, my mom's relatives emigrated from the pogroms in uh, Ukraine uh, back in the early 1900s. My dad. Oh, so you're one of them Nazi-loving motherfuckers. I thought he was a spit. In other words, they were here, Native Americans, long before uh, African slavery. Why? Okay. Um, and many of us are black aboriginals. There were black aboriginals here, and we've been here longer than anybody. And many of us are mixed in with the black aboriginals. And some of the red aboriginal tribes got with the white supremacists and started kicking us out of those tribes. So they owe too. If you want to go to that argument, and Geraldo ain't nothing aboriginal about you. You're a white man. In other words, they were here, Native Americans, long before uh, African slavery. Why should they uh, be involved in this? Okay, so so that's Geraldo. They are involved because, number one, they the, the, the real Aboriginals or the real Native Americans, those tribes get compensated to this very day. Two, many of them were enslaving us as well. The red native tribes, who they call the, the civilized tribes, got in with the white supremacists and they started enslaving us too. So they owe them too. They owe us too. We're not going to play that game. And we don't care if y'all don't like it. Y'all have to give us our paper. And we're going to stick by that program. We need to be compensated. We're not playing this game where we're going to be leapfrogged over. We're not playing that game, ladies and gentlemen. We got to get our bread. Because every time we try to pull ourselves up, we get sabotaged. Every time we get success, we get knocked down. So now it's just time to give us our paper. Let's look at the problem. The problem is white supremacy. Hey, y'all, hand us our paper. You understand what I'm saying? Because every time, even us getting the museum, the minute I we started getting the money for the museum, all of a sudden, Random haters start popping up, hating on the museum. And they weren't so random. Anytime we start getting something successful going on, all of a sudden the white supremacists start pushing haters out there at us. Or they start hating themselves and trying to sabotage our stuff. This has been going on nonstop. I mean, any black area you point to where black people pulled themselves up, they always got sabotaged. We always talk about Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tol Tulsa was the tip of the iceberg, man. They were doing this type of sabotaging all over the place, ladies and gentlemen. Rosewood, Wilmington, North Carolina, just all over. Anytime we got a foothold of success, 
these white supremacists orchestrated our demise and they orchestrated to sabotage it, man. Especially when it was black people who come from, um, especially black people who were enslaved or directly enslaved and they got success. For example, um, in Memphis, and shout out to Memphis, I like Memphis. Memphis has always been a hustle city. One of the first black millionaires in the South came out of Memphis. He's a brother named Robert Reed Church. I've talked about Robert Reed Church before. That's one of my heroes. I like Robert Reed Church because his brother was a hustler. He had um, um, saloons, and trap houses, and all of it. They were trapping and doing what they needed to do to get their paper. Memphis has always shown me love. But Memphis, where are my Memphis people? Okay. Where are my people in Memphis? Where are my Memphis people? Let me be honest. Yeah. Because they just be really see this shit down in Memphis, man. Brother Robert Reed, Robert Reed Church, this was a brother who was enslaved. He was born a slave. And Oh, okay. Got out of slavery, made it up into Memphis, and it was like a yellow fever pandemic. And what he did, um, a lot of people were dying off, so the, the property values were down. So this brother got started saving his money and started buying some of that property because he knew that the population was going to pop back up. And when, and rightfully so, when the population popped back up, we're talking about the mid eighteen hundreds. This brother became extremely wealthy. Um, He's a prominent person around the Beale Street area. The Beale Street, that's a very prominent black area. It was a prominent black business area. Um, my man was running, you know, he, he had shit popping. He had the brothels and the, the, the pool halls and the saloons, and, you know, he had it popping up there. And Ida B. Wells, he, and he worked with her. He funded a lot of stuff with Ida B. Wells. A lot of our civil rights activists, they got a lot of that street money. You know, a lot of them were funded by street money. A lot of people in the civil rights movement in the 60s. Dr. John Henry Clark talked about this. A lot of the street hustlers would, would protect them and fund a lot of their endeavors. If you look at the show, a great show, Godfather of Harlem, it tells the, it tells the, true, the true story of um, Malcolm X. When Malcolm X was an excommunicator from the Nation of Islam, it was Bumpy Johnson and the Harlem hustlers who were protecting Malcolm X. <clears throat> When Malcolm told Bumpy that, you know, Bumpy, I kind of, you know, you hot right now, man, and I gotta kind of lay low. I can't kind of, I can't have you guys around because I gotta, you know, I'm trying to be legit. And, you know, you guys got all this stuff going on. Y'all, y'all trapping and running numbers and whoop, whoop. So I, I, I appreciate the protection, but I kind of gotta back off you for a minute. The minute Malcolm did that, it got him. The minute Malcolm, stepped away from that street protection, they got him, man. That's when they got him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great show. Godfather Hall, great show. But yeah, Memphis, though. Oh, yeah. Memphis going with me, so I love Memphis, man. But listen, so that Robert Reed Church, man, this brother was making money out there, man, and he passed that money down to his family, his son, Bob Church, was running his businesses because um, Robert Reed Church had so many different businesses and this brother built auditoriums, he built schools, he built parks for the black community there. This brother was doing it big. Okay? This brother was doing big things out there in Memphis. 
big things in Memphis, and then he passed that wealth to his next generation, to his son, Bob Reed. And Bob Reed, we're talking about going into the 1930s and 40s. His son was making political moves. All right? So the white supremacists said, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't have this. Okay, this dude's dad was a slave, and now this dude's dad made millions of dollars. Then he passed those millions down to his son, and now his son is going to pass millions down to the next generation. They had to stop that in the 1940s. So the, the white supremacists in power in Memphis turned on the church family. They started to mess with their, their businesses, to overtax them, to put bonus taxes on them. There was a prosperous black neighborhood that the church family had their, their home in, out there in Memphis. In 1953, there was a white supremacist mayor named Boss Crump. They called him Boss Crump. White supremacist like a mother. And remember, this is the this is the whole class. So he said explicitly, these niggas are trying to get equality. Look, I know how to do these niggas. We're not gonna let that happen. Uh, let me let me handle these niggas. And I'm saying he used the word nigga. This was the mayor using these words in the media. You look him up, these are the words he used. Boss crunk, all white supremacists out there. So what he did, he did a symbolic burning down of the church family home. The church family had a beautiful mansion out there in, um, in Memphis, three-story mansion in a prosperous black neighborhood. So they went in there and they said, you know what? We're gonna test out some new fire equipment because the, the house was abandoned. The mansion was abandoned and it made the family move. So they did a symbolic burning of the building. They burned the place, they burned this black mansion down in 1953 and right across the street from it they said look we're going to do some urban renewal over in this area we're going to do a slum clearance now the area was not a slum at all these were prosperous black houses over there so what they did they start tearing down the mansions and they built a damn housing project for black people over there. It was called the William H. Foot Homes. Where about people in, in Memphis? Do y'all know about that? I know they did they um demolish the foot homes about five years ago. Where about Memphis people? Where about Memphis people? I heard they were closing the, the, the William H. Foot homes down, right? About five or six years ago. Yeah. But they built a black project in this prosperous black area. They, they tore down the black homes, the, the, the mansions that the black people lived in, and made a lot of the people who had these beautiful homes, these Victorian homes in Memphis, they relocated them and they didn't want to go. It was a very hostile thing. You're from the foot Claiborne? Yeah, uh, yeah, the Claiborne home. That's not too far from there, right? Yeah. So basically, they they took all the black people who were in the prosperous area, got them out of there, leveled the the, the houses, and built a project there, and made it all black. 
Okay. Now I want y'all to understand why they do stuff like that. They do that urban renewal. They, they say, well, this is going to be a slum clearance. This area is designated as a slum. So we're going to have to tear down the neighborhood and build affordable homes. See, we're doing you a favor, Negroes. You got all of these houses and we raised the, ta- I mean, oops, I mean, the taxes have been raised by some magical force. So you can't really pay on these houses. So now look at the, look at the neighborhood. The houses are going in decay. Not really. There's a couple of people who lost their homes and the homes are still there, but many of us are still right. paying their homes. Oh, look, 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 look. This place is a slum. It's going to be a ghetto. So what we're going to do, we're going to do you Negroes a favor. We're going to tear down your homes. And then we're going to build affordable homes. We're going to build affordable housing projects where you can get on Section 8. And you can pay a dollar a month. And you don't have to thank me. I mean, you know, the Lord says that I'm my brother's keeper. They build a housing project and act like they're doing you a favor. Let me tell you something. The reason they do that is because they understand you can't pass generational wealth down with a housing project. Understand what I'm saying? When you have homes, you pass the wealth down when you have homes that you own. When you own your crib, you pass the wealth down. You can't pass nothing down with a damn housing project or some damn section eight. And they act like they do you a favor by putting affordable homes. It's a con game, dude. They play this con game on us all the time. We got to stop going for it. Then Morris White from Earth, Wind, and Fire came out the foot homes, okay? So ghettos are created. It's not nothing that we did. We had shit popping. They create ghettos. Ghettos are created by white supremacists. You mean? Ghettos are created by them. They create the ghetto and then talk about, then throw Geraldo on here and talk about, why are we giving money to people who don't want to work? No, give us our money, man. We ain't going to play this game. We're not going to play this game with these folks, man. It's just time to give us our paper. The problem is white supremacy. Y'all need to give us our money. Y'all keep sabotaging us. Just give us our money. Because every time we try to get it popping, we got to scratch and scrape and do all this on our own and then you undermine us, you give us our money. We got to be adamant about them giving us our damn money. It's money that's old. We're the foot home babies. I see some people from the foot homes in here. I want y'all to understand that area where the foot homes were, that was a prosperous black area. The eight black folks was doing big things over there. They deliberately undermined our black family out there, man. The boss crump was notorious in Memphis. Yeah, that was a son of a gun, boy. That was a dirty-ass white supremacist, man. Yeah, boss crump was a filthy white supremacist. You know? I, I respect Memphis, man. Memphis has always had hustlers, man. They, they, they have to get it how they live, man. Even under the, the, the thumb of sabotage. And you know, right now there's a lot of poverty there. That's one of the, the, the biggest major cities that has a, a, a poverty problem there. And we have to understand where that comes from, man. It's a debt that's over. 
Come on, man. We almost got 6,000 people in here. Come on in here, folks. Let's get it in. But like I said, man, we get sabotaged by people who are hating on our success. And the sad thing is, it's bad enough getting hated on by the white supremacists. And when we try to get on code with other black people and folks coming from the diaspora, joining the white, white supremacists against us, that's another major problem that we can't tolerate. That's another major problem, ladies and gentlemen, that we cannot tolerate. That's why we're so big about being on code. Now, last week I played a video clip of those um, West African tethers who come over here doing all that bunk dancing and big old swole Negro. They, they're running around in restaurants around the country, bucking their eyes, eating chicken and watermelon. And a lot of people are complaining about how derogatory that was. That was a dude who made a response video to me. I'm going to play this dude's video like, why are we so critical of these dudes from Africa and the Caribbean coming over here making these TikTok videos, buck dancing and cooning it up? I want y'all to listen to this. But this dude wants to know why we're so critical of it and why we hating on We ain't hating on nobody, man. Hold on. Let me play this video. Let me play this dude. All right, hold on. This dude was critical of us talking about the bug dancing. Talking about we're wrong for how we're doing these black men. Hold on. Hey, y'all know the dude that be bucking his eyes and eating the food and shit on here? Tariq Nasheed said bucking them eyes while eating fried chicken and literally bug dancing in a restaurant full of white people. Non-FBA nonsense. And I find this shit and the shares of this shit to be fucked up. These people, they went by Yeah, it went, I posted that and they went by Talking about these two men so fucked up. Look at this. Too much shucking and jiving for me. When presented with the choice to be original, inspiring, or transformative, these brothers chose to be coons. This is disgusting. Like, man, what the fuck is wrong with us today? There's a reason why a therapist will show different people the same ink blot and record what they say they see. Because what you see when you look at anything is going to directly reflect what the fuck is happening inside yourself. People saying, oh, well, the big one gay. What if he is? What the fuck? Thought that shit wasn't supposed to be a problem. But the fact is, we all see the same two black men eating food, dancing on the internet, smiling, staying out of trouble. But because they not living in a way that fits the standard of what we define a goddamn powerful, successful, and intelligent black man. Okay, okay, that's enough. Now, this sounds like tether battle. <clears throat> okay, this kind of sounds like tether battle. This dude sounds like he might be a damn tether himself. Okay. <clears throat> Loud and wrong. No, brother. Yeah, the brother had a septum ring. Okay, that's that's tether battle. Okay, that sounds like tether battle. No, no. The reason why we got a problem with it is because you have a couple of non-FBA people coming over here indulging in stereotypes used against the foundation of Black America. That is the problem. We got non-FBA people coming over here indulging in stereotypes that were created against foundation of Black Americans. And yes, we got a problem with it. Because let me tell you something. When Meek Mill went over there to Africa, he didn't do anything derogatory. He went over there trying to bend over backwards to cater to them, and they still turned on. They were like, yeah, you up here rapping in our presidential palace and it's so sacred. No, it ain't. Let me tell you something. 
if we went over to Africa and took our shirts off and stuck our stomachs out and let flies swarm all over us and we started dancing, do you think they would be cool with that? If we went over to Africa, bucking our eyes with a bowl of rice, eating it with our fingers, dancing, do you think they would be cool with that? Let's stop playing. Foundation of Black Americans got every right to say, hey, man, this goofy Sambo nonsense these fools are doing ain't cool. We got every right to say that. Because we couldn't go over there doing some stereotypical nonsense. We couldn't go over there putting a bone in our nose, dancing around with a spear. Making TikTok videos. We couldn't do that. They would stone us over there if we did that. We can't go over there and doze in no damn stereotypes that's negative on their society. Hell, they get mad at us when we go over there giving them props. We go over there and give them props and they get mad. Um, um, what's the sister, the R&B singer? What's her name? Um, uh, da, 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 da. Okay, I'm drawing a blank. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Sister from DC. She went over there shouting them out. Yeah, I feel mad. I feel some good ancestral energy. Oh, you ain't one of us. I got that. You are not our right. ancestors, nigga. Shut up, nigga. Kendrick Lamar went, Lamar went over there shooting videos. Well, look, why is this nigga shooting videos in the West on the county? You're showing us at our West. You're giving the impression that we're all poor. Well, nigga, he's just showing what it looks like. Ari Lennox, right? Right, right. That's her name. Ari Lennox was drawn a blank. We go over there, we don't even indulge in the stereotypes and they still give us flat. Beyonce goes over there and show love. Who, who does she think she is being a kata? You are not the queen of Africa. You are not a representative. And shout out to Beyonce, by the way. Beyonce went over there to Dubai and did a one-hour performance and got a $24 million bag. Shout out to Beyonce. That's IFBA sister. Man, I'm so proud of that sister. I love you. I really, I really love this. Beyonce is phenomenal, man. Get the bag. Our sister get that bag. Beyonce went over there and got that bag. I love to see it. Y'all don't understand. I love to see our family winning. Just winning, winning, winning. I love it. That's a win right there. I love to see some of my FBA family be able to command that type of thing. I love that. She's one of the greats. She's spectacular. IFBA sisters phenomenal, man. Man, she went over there and made them great bread. $24 million an hour? I love it. I love that. That's legendary right there. Yeah? But, um, and that's a great way to look. If you're going to perform, if you're going to promote your new hotel, that's the way to promote it. And they got their hotel hot. And they know what they're doing. If you want to make your hotel internationally hot, okay? if you want to make your hotel pop off, that's how you make your hotel pop off. Okay? That's how you make it pop off. But, yes, you got $24 million to perform out there. They said Blue Ivy got a check too, I believe it. Yeah, she got $24 million for one hour's work. Yeah, they broke bread. Yeah, they broke bread out there. Yeah. But listen, again, when we try to do stuff, what I what I don't like is when we got the tether class who try to undermine and throw salt and throw 
shaded us and projected stuff on us. That's another thing. Millions of dollars among ourselves and we get on coke. Did you see what I'm saying? They get Russian credit for independence. Yeah, there's a lot of real janky stuff, man. So we, we're checking a lot of that stuff. We ain't going for that. We're not going for that stuff, but we're checking it. We ain't having no more FBA disrespect. People ain't going to be disrespecting us no more. Yeah, I'm done with that. I, I'm, I'm done with that nonsense. Because it's been going on long enough that these tellers are getting checked, and then they get mad when they get checked. You're going to get checked. Now, all of that coming over here, eating off of us and then disrespecting, that's done. I don't give a damn. Oh, you niggas are xenophobic by checking me. Uh, stop all that. No, we ain't playing that game. When you don't project your bullshit onto us, you getting checked. No disrespect. We, we ain't getting disrespect from the white supremacists. We ain't getting disrespect from Catholics. No more damn disrespect. And that's another thing. Anytime we start talking about getting reparations, so with some damn tether getting in the conversation, talking about we shouldn't get nothing. Every time. That's why we have to start checking them. That's why we have to start checking people's background. Anytime we had a reparations conversation, all of a sudden some weird Negro that nobody knew popped up. Hey, uh, brother, why are we trying to get reparations? We don't need no reparations. I'm like, who's this nigga? Where, where is he from? Whose man is this? And nobody knew where these people were. Who, nobody knew who they were. Then we started asking questions. We started doing background checks on these people. And we started to notice all of these anti-reparation Negroes. Wait a minute. There's a foreign flag in their background somewhere. These niggas ain't even from here. These fools ain't even qualified to get a damn reparations check. Yeah, see, that's another thing. They start hiding their accents. That's another thing. They, they see the dude in the video, he hadn't he don't know how to hide his accent yet. Because see, he's a direct immigrant. See, the first gens, they know how to hide their accents a little bit better. Those first generations, the first generation immigrants, they can hide their accents a little bit better. And you can tell them because sometimes they go overboard with the accent, with the with the FBA accent. They try to have an FBA slang accent, and then they kind of go overboard. Yeah. You said we need a language of our own. We got a language of our own. We got tough language, brother. We already got a language, and we communicate with each other through tough language, and we're very secretive about the tough language because you ain't supposed to be teaching it publicly. That's one of the rules of tough language. We're supposed to teach it publicly. But we got our own language, brother. Yes, indeed. We got it. And like I said, at the museum, we're going to have tough classes in there. We got some sisters who know how to teach it, and we're going to have tough classes at the museum. Yeah, we got it. We, we, and sometimes, even on Twitter, we got a... Um, we got a, an FBA group where you can't even get in the group unless you do it. You can understand the tongue language. Yeah, we had an FBA group on Twitter, and we still got it. You can't even get in the group. Um, again, we have an answer. We have a question that's written in Tut, and if you can't answer that question, you can't get in. So yeah, we know how to get keep using our language. Oh yeah, we know how to do it. We know how to do it. Yeah, that's what it is, man. What do you think a Russian Sunset is? That's tough language. That's our own holiday. We celebrated our own foundational Black American holiday. A Russian Sunset. 
this past Christmas holiday season. We celebrated our own holiday. That's from the Tuck language. That's the Tuck word for arise. So we're doing it already, family. We're doing it. Yeah. We are doing it. But anyway, let me get up out of here, guys. Listen. Boom, oh, yeah, we got there. There's 7,000 people in here. I didn't notice all these people were in here. Well, we're in here heavy. Shout out to all 7,000 of you guys. Um, hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Listen, we're going to have a big opening out here in Los Angeles. We're going to have on February 25th in Los Angeles at the Hidden History Museum, grand opening of the Hidden History Museum next month, ladies and gentlemen. We're having a very special VIP grand opening where it's going to be an opening, film screening, mixer, turn up, food. It's going to be nice. It is going to be nice. It's going to be very exclusive. Tickets will be on sale, but it's going to be limited seating. So you're going to have to get your tickets very fast for this. Very limited seating, ladies and gentlemen. Very exclusive. You guys are going to be the first to come to the Hidden History Museum, and you're going to be the first to see the new movie, American Marooned. February 25th here in Los Angeles. Very intimate setting. Family, this is going to be a phenomenal historic event out here in Los Angeles. You want this shirt? You can get this shirt at the museum. You can get this shirt at the Hidden History Museum, ladies and gentlemen. I know y'all like this shirt, but very lovely shirt. You go, you can come to the museum and get this shirt. You can go to the Hidden History Museum website, hiddenhistorymuseum.com. Um, the tickets will be on sale next week, ladies and gentlemen. The tickets are going to go fast because this is a very special event. Like I said, we're gonna let y'all know the price. Next week, we're gonna let you guys know. Shout out to all of us, my sisters, they're here after watching 85 South. A lot of folks love that 85 South interview I did. That was a lot of good game on that interview. The 85 South interview, a lot of good game. Hidden History Museum, ladies and gentlemen. Um, man, it's gonna be phenomenal. I'm very proud of everybody involved in that. Um, man, it's a monumental event. It's gonna be so popping. And again, um, let me know what kind of food y'all want. Um, we, we asked that earlier. A lot of people say they wanted a vegan options, so I want to have I want to find a restaurant out here who can do vegan options to cater the event. So some of our, our people holler at me if you're a caterer out here in LA, if you know some restaurants, I'm gonna holler at the people at Harold and Bell here right down the street because um, I go to so many different restaurants every day out there. I'm trying to see one that has a good vegan option selection. They have regular food and a vegan option. Yes, the food is going to be free. It's going to be all you can eat. Okay? Yep, it's going to be all you can eat. So it's going to be nice. It's going to be real nice. It's going to be nice. So you're going to get a film screening, museum opening, all you can eat food. And then afterwards, after the film screening, we're going to still be there, turn it up. Um, partying we ain't got no curfew and we own the building so we ain't got to be out at a certain time so we can turn up and do our thing and we're going to be vibing and it's going to be a wonderful event um 
get to know the community out there. It's going to be real nice, man. A very, very good event, man. Yeah. Said a mushroom jerk burger. <laughs> but yeah, email me info at tarikaelite.com. Email me info at tarikaelite.com. Um, some of the caterers out here in LA who um, can do a vegan option. Let me see who's out here. But it's going to be nice. Yeah. And like I said, events like this, usually to get into an exclusive VIP party, it's like $500, $700, $1,000 to get in. Usually it's kind of expensive to get in. For an event like this, where it's all you can eat food, it's a screening, and it's a museum opening, and it's a, an exclusive event, usually it's a, it's a pretty pricey thing to get into. But I'm, I'm going to make the price reasonable for the family. Greet them worldwide. If you're going to be in LA that week, you better get your tickets early. You better get your tickets early. You did? Know? Get your tickets early. And, and again, like I said earlier, for this particular day on February 25th, um, 21 and older, because we're going to, there's going to be alcohol served in there for this event. And, and look, children can come to the museum. We're going to have it open for the rest of the week and all that stuff. But for this particular event, because it's going to be a very special uh, VIP event. Um, you know, don't bring the kids to this one on the 25th. Now, later on that week, you can definitely bring the kids by. Absolutely, you can bring the children by. Then, but on this day, 21 of them, okay? On this particular day, 21 of them. So let me know what y'all want to eat, man. I'm, I'm, let me know what y'all want to eat. What do y'all want? Whatever y'all want, I got you. And I'm really, I'm, I'm thinking about heroin bells, um, but a lot of people were saying they wanted a vegan option. So now i got to think of a place that has um, good chicken, good fish or whatever, and vegan food. So I'm trying to think of something in mind. Let me know. Throw some ideas at me. Guys. Yeah, we're not going to have no pork. We definitely will not have pork there. Yeah. So let's say Creole Cajun. Y'all let me know. Let me know what y'all want. And we're going to make it happen. All right. But anyway, y'all, let me get out of here, man. That's been it. Hope you cool to a little movement to the family. Thank y'all for tuning in. Subscribe to this channel if you have not subscribed and hit that bell notification so that you will be notified when we're on, ladies and gentlemen. And also go to FBAStream.com. Um, watch all the movies on FBAStream.com and watch the new Gucci Bear episode, watch all the crispy episodes, watch all the Kim Colors films, Buck Breaking, 1804, and the new movie, American Maroon will be on FBA stream at the end of February. So you will see it on FBA stream, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Anyway, man, y'all have a good week. Hope you're cool. Take a little bit.